Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. that up got this going i think we're rolling all right brian thanks for being here dude uh you know what little i know about you i think you found yourself onto a path of conscious living and i think that's what we're going to be kind of talking about today and i guess maybe we should just kind of start you know how did you uh get yourself on this conscious living journey and how did it all start out i guess yeah thanks chris uh thanks for having me here for this conversation as well and i think you know one of the the most important things for me is that it was through my parents, really. Uh, my parents are the ones that they were on their own journey and path of growth and understanding. And, and that, in a sense, led for things at home when I was uh, like uh, 10 years old to 15 years old. Those, those five years was when my parents were doing a lot for themselves. and little by little that got started to get introduced into into my life and i really resonated with some of the things that they were practicing and following and learning and and that led me to to the path that i am now and the interesting thing and i say this a lot of times you know i'm so grateful for my parents because not only they did their work for themselves but they allowed me and my siblings to choose what we wanted to do and not just you know that is what we need to do so as an example you know like they they said oh we're going to you know like do this uh tibetan yoga class do you want to come and i was the only one that said yes 
<laughs> so my, all of my siblings said no. Like so, there was something you know that, and and they weren't judging. It was like, well, you do you, and like, and you do you as well. Yeah. So if you want to come and learn more about meditation and yoga and energy and all of this, cool. And if you don't, then that's also okay. And for whatever reason, I really resonated with all of that, and I started to change a lot. And it was really for me it was really interesting because I started from a place of reconnecting with my body okay. and that for me was huge because I didn't know that I was disconnected from my body until that moment uh, so I remember you know being a teenager and my parents always asking me how I was and they were always you know telling me like don't don't say everything is okay and and you know like actually like tell us what's going on i'm like no it's like everything is okay and they were like are you sure and like are you not swallowing anything down and i was like always no no it's okay and it wasn't until i was you know going to these classes and learning and reconnecting with my body and my feelings that i realized i've been doing that what my parents were asking me <laughs> i've been doing that completely unconsciously like for me it was okay but apparently it wasn't the case <laughs> Is that how you would, what's, I guess we should maybe define conscious living, you know, is that how you would define as like getting connected with your body and your mind and, you know, having a growth mindset and kind of going from there? I mean, how would you define it? So everyone kind of knows what we're talking about here who, for those who don't. Yeah. I, well, there's a lot of different ways to actually look at it. And the, the most important aspect of it that I touch on for myself and, and when I'm sharing is connection. So when I'm connected to myself, when I'm connected to others, when I'm connected to my environment, that being my house, nature, or the spaces that I'm in, that's conscious living. And unconscious living, a lot of times, can take a lot of different shapes and forms based on our circumstances, who we are, our beliefs, and our values. So as an example, um, I, you know, like, I am in a position that I can choose certain things. So I know that I'm in, in a position of privilege. Therefore, I can go and buy food from the organic farmer's market instead of having to go to a supermarket and buying conventional food. And it's not that someone that is not buying organic is not conscious. It's perhaps their circumstances doesn't allow that. Yeah. their financial circumstances there perhaps there's no organic produce growing where they are or um, they don't value that so there's a lot of different ways to see it for me it all comes back to first reconnecting to ourselves reconnecting to all of our parts because we live very separately like our mind is separate than the body than the breath than all of the different aspects of ourselves yeah. and then once we start to reconnect that, we can start to reconnect to the fact that we are connected. There's nothing separating us. And as well from our environment and nature and animals and minerals and rocks and everything. And of course, that can get a little bit too out there and a little bit esoteric. Yeah. But, you know, this is... I. A lot of times I work with, you know, I, I teach at university and I work with businesses and I try to also get them to see that science is saying that as well. You know, like everything is energy. Mm -hmm. 
not only from a spiritual perspective, but also from a scientific perspective. If I want to look at my hand, if I want to look at my skin with a microscope, I won't find skin. I will just find energy that is vibrating. So if I understand that to be true for my hand, I can understand that to be true for everything. Therefore, our reality that seems that there's a me here, Brian, and there's Chris over there. Yeah. That is, depending on the perspective that we're looking at it, true or false. So it all depends on perspective in terms of that. And that is one of the things that conscious living doesn't have a, a set of rules in a sense. Depends on your perspective and depends on where you are is how it looks. That makes sense. I mean, because it seems like it's very situational. And just like you said, everyone's coming from, you know, a different background, especially if they're wanting to buy, you know, organic or non-organic. And some people don't have the means to do that. But, you know, I guess my next question for you is, I mean, do you think that in today's society or culture that most people are losing, you know, we said, you basically said everything's connected, so to speak. Right. And, and I believe that too, you know, based on the bacteria in our guts and, you know, the world around us. I mean, everything seems to have its own place and value in some sense. Right. But I mean, with society and screens and modern technology, I mean, do you see your clients or see other people losing being in touch with being connected, I guess, or like having a human connection and they're connected with anything in the world? I hope that kind of makes sense. What I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and our society actually is steering us towards individualism and separation. Sure. So um, that is, in a sense, part of what has been normalized in the system. Therefore, a lot of times we don't question it. And, and I think, you know, like there's both things at the same time. There's more separation and there's more connection. There's people that, especially in these last few years, people realize the importance of connecting, of connecting to other people, of connecting to, you know, nature, perhaps, if, if they were stuck in an apartment or something like that. Then, and, and there's people that will go towards the other side and be like, you know, like more separation and more separation because of fear, because of whatever. It doesn't matter why, but both things are true at the same time. There's more separation and individualism and there's more connection and more collaboration as well. So there's so many people, <laughs> like, I mean, like we are, what, 7 billion people or even more. Yeah. There's space for everything. And I think that... One of the things for me in terms of my own life is about not judging. Yes, I have my perspective. Yes, I, I have my, my work that I am um, aiming to awaken people to who they are, not to being like me, not to being like anybody else, but to who they are. And that means that we're all unique, that we're all different and similar but we all have a uniqueness. So allowing that uniqueness as well. And when we live in a society that is telling us a lot of times, you know, this is the way, or you need to be like this, or you need to look like that, mm -hmm. that doesn't allow a lot of times for people to, to question things or to inquire into who am I, you know? And, and that is part of the being connected of, of one of the things that I usually say for people that are trying to live more consciously is, there's it's a fast-paced modern society we need to slow down because as long as we're just running on that wheel there's no time for questioning there's no time for 
like inquiry wishes are going where we don't know how we don't know like why we don't know we're just going so slowing down pausing and being like you know why am i doing this what do i want to do like what's actually being coming alive from within and yeah. not just what everybody's telling yeah you know i say that all the time on here just because you know i, I felt like i was kind of just running off momentum to a certain aspect once the pandemic hit you know i was going down this path and i said well, i'm still guys i am kind of going down this life path but i was never asking questions i was just kind of going with the flow and saying oh i'll start this next year i'll do that next year and just you know and i didn't realize oh 10 years kind of went down past i was like oh you know what happened you know then when the pandemic hit i actually slowed down like you said and it gave me a chance to kind of sit down and reevaluate if it's what this is the life i wanted is this what chris is am i going towards my goals am i going towards you know how i want my life to be am i happy am i not happy i mean how can i make myself happy and you know so i just you know it's one of the things that you know pandemic was good and bad on everybody but this is one of the pros that was on it for me and you know i guess it was just about how everyone uses their time wisely and not wisely you know and just you know it, everyone gets in a big damn hurry and they just don't want to slow down they just think they have to go and and you don't i mean you can stop in in a fork in the road and think about it for a minute and just you know like i get i'm kind of repeating myself i guess but you know get a realization of hey is this what i want out of my life you know is there something more am i looking for what else is out there you know and just talking yeah. to people like you it's like oh you know there's other ways of living life you know not you know there's not a book out there that are one that I know of. It says, Hey, this is how you live your life. This is going to be the exact 100% way you'll be happy all the way through it. Everyone's got their own path. You know, it's just a matter of finding it. So people are still looking for it, I guess, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting that I start saying, Chris, that speed, the speed, we don't need to change the speed as long as we are aware. So the reason why I usually say slow down is because we haven't learned, and this was my path. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to be aware of my situation and be present if things were moving really fast. So I needed it to actually slow down. So um, this is now, what, a little bit over 10 years ago that I, I moved into a Tibetan Buddhist retreat center. So that was a big change in my life. And one of the main practices that my, my teacher made me do was to do everything slowly hmm. and to start to realize how am I actually aware of my situation and being able to really slow it down. And when I was able to slow it down, then I was able to start to gain some speed. And it's like, oh, now I'm, I'm I'm actually not aware. I'm not aware of the feelings in my body. I'm not aware of my breath. I'm not aware of my circumstances and the people around me. So I was trying to develop this awareness. And once I was able to develop that awareness, then it doesn't matter the speed that I'm going. I can go really fast now because I actually developed that. But if it wasn't because I did that, I... I wouldn't have been able to get to where I am now. That is, I can go fast and I can be aware. So someone might actually be aware already of, the, of their circumstances, completely aware yeah. and going fast. So that person has a need to slow down. Was that a very stressful state or hard for you at first? Just, you know, 
being told to slow down everything of what you know, you know, based on what you've been doing for all these years. And then all of a sudden, like, Hey, slow down, you know, was that tough at first or how'd you get through that? Um, not stressful, not tough. It was interesting. I mean, I, I went, when I went there, I, I've been, I have been practicing for years, but I wanted to go deep and I wanted to, you know, really understand my experience. Sure. And I was so open to exploring and and the fact that you know i was living there meant that i could focus on that there was no need for me to focus on i need to make money i need to go and buy groceries i need to cook like everything that wasn't part of what i was doing there was no in a sense distraction or anything taking my awareness from it so i could literally go deep into that and I was so open to exploring and understanding myself and an experience of reality that it was just more of a, like, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, I mean, that's great. Just having that type of experience just because I don't think some people would be that open to trying something like that, you know? I mean, but I mean, I feel like that's kind of getting out of your comfort zone. Like kind of what little we talked about. If you want to change, if you want to do something a little bit better then you know, Staying in your comfort zone is not going to help. So getting out of that comfort zone is where you grow at. I mean, is that what you think? Yes. And also, I, I think that, you know, I, I work with a lot of people in different situations. And one of the key things with that that I think it's important is the comfort zone is there for a reason. Sure. It's okay. there to protect us. It's there to keep us safe. Whether it's actually real or not, it doesn't matter. Our mind, our, like, our inner voice or inner critic mode or, you know, all of that is trying to keep us safe. And that comfort zone is the same. And one of the things is that, yes, what's outside of the comfort zone might be that growth, might be the change. But a lot of times people have so much that they first need to process and integrate and heal that it's really hard to get out of that place because that place is the only thing that is holding all of that together. And one of the key things is that most people have no idea how much trauma they are carrying and how much unprocessed experience they are carrying. Yeah. And, and therefore, to be able to let go of that thing that is keeping that house of cards together is important. So I think that... A lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm really aware that it's, it's easy in a conversation saying something, mm-hmm. but then everybody has a different experience. Therefore, we need to, or I need to always be careful in what I'm sharing, because if someone is, you know, hearing me and they, because of my life or because of whatever they, they believe, oh, that's, you know, that, that's true they might explore it and it's like actually i was <laughs> i was good where i was <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't ready to to make this and now i just opened this pandora box and i don't know what to do i don't have the tools and i don't have the support system so it's important to know as well when to make the changes and and, and having those tools that are good for us to actually be able to process all of our experience and be able to integrate everything that hasn't been integrated because we need that to happen. 
So I know you have a background in neuroscience. Does this kind of help when working with your clients to have that background and kind of understand, you know, basically how the brain works? That's basically the definition of neuroscience. If, if mm. I, I got that correct, right? Yes. In, in, in a sense, for me, one of the main things of neuroscience and, and to be fair, you know, I, I studied neuroscience in its beginnings. Okay. Uh, so the development that has been happening in the last 12 years since I finished my postgrad like, has been huge and I haven't kept up with all of that. So I'm not an expert nowadays. But what that has helped me to do is to be able to to have some language and to be able to connect with those that if I'm talking about things that might seem a little bit more out there or might seem a little bit more spiritual or esoteric, it's like, oh, well, no. this is this is the logical aspect. This is, you know, like we are creating a new neural pathway. And by creating the new neural pathway and, and, and actually creating a habit every single day, fortifying it, what it creates is that it creates more fat and the electricity in our brain is going to start to find that fat and it's starting to go into that direction instead of where it would used to. Yeah. And suddenly you create this neural pathway, which means now you have a new automatic response. And therefore, when we create those new habit patterns, it's just part of our life. But that is for someone that you know that doesn't believe or is not open to other language or another tradition or another culture that helps so for me it's the same like for me neuroscience has been proving everything that ancient wisdom tradition has been saying for millennia it's that on now the western society that is logical and science-based it's like oh actually meditation works oh actually yoga can work oh actually healing can work it's like ah okay now I'm open to hearing it or to exploring it. And sometimes, you know, like it's, it's a slightly different approach to a practice or to a tool than someone that is open to some other practice. But for me, the main thing is understanding and starting to integrate and not to separate, which, which is what we were talking before. It's like science and spirituality. They, they come hand in hand. They don't need to be separate. We're separating it because we try to label everything and we try to categorize everything. It's like, well, yes, they are separate and also they can actually coexist. You know, one thing that's been fascinating to me, it seems that we're putting more, or not where we are, but, you know, we're finding out more about how breath work is actually very, very good for the body and that you know, more people are writing books and it seems to be more, I don't want to say evolved, but coming more, not mainstream, but popular, I guess. And that, Hey, if you sit down and do like meditation practices or yoga practices and, uh, even Kundalini yoga, which is, you know, a lot of breath work there that they're finding that, Oh, it's, you know, obviously air is good for the body, but it actually is not body and the mind, you know, and it slows everything down and your body actually can slow down. Like we were saying, and you can reset. And, and, but it seems like, you know, I don't know if, humans just lost that connection with the breath. It was just, you know, a secondary thing that we do all the time. But, you know, if you take in, you know, four to five minutes of deep breaths, inhale and exhale, that we're finding there's a lot of positives that are just coming in, you know, spans of five to 10 to 15 minutes, you know. 
uh, it's just amazing that it seems like we breath work is just, you know, got lost. And now all of a sudden it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, breathing is actually really, really good for the human body. You know, it's just do you have any insight? Uh, on that? You, you know, I usually say to, to people, uh, breath is really important. When you stop breathing, you die. So if you want to stay alive, you know, like it's, it's important. There, there's a few things for me to understand here. Everybody's breathing. If not, you're dead, which means that there is importance there. What is the difference is awareness. So are you do are you living your life unconsciously with automatic pilot? Or are you living it consciously? When we are living it in automatic pilot, we are reacting to everything. We are reacting through our patterns that have been built usually since our childhood. We don't have any idea why they are there, how they are there. And actually all that is happening is external circumstances. Usually it can be from internal circumstances as well. Something happens and we have an experience and that pathway gets lightened up and we react because that is connected to that pathway. When we start to live a little bit more consciously with more awareness, what we start to do is we start to respond to life instead of to react to life. And that might have the same outward experience because I might say the same thing or I might behave in the same way, but it's actually consciously responding. And the same with the breath. I can breathe without being aware of it, as most people do every single day, sure. or I can actually understand the importance of the breath for my entire system, for actually understanding how to self-regulate. Because if I am running or if I am doing something physical and I understand how to control my breath, I can control my heart rate, I can control like my temperature, I can control everything that is happening in my experience. If I am not doing an experience, like if I'm not running, if I'm just sitting, I can use my breath to explore parts of my body where perhaps there's not as much energy or using, as you're saying, like some, some of the breathwork practices that are becoming more popularized uh, in the Western society, they help us to actually reach those places that there's some blockages or unprocessed feelings and experiences, and they can touch that and they can bring that into a surface. Now, the thing with that which I, I think that it's really important is that in, in this Western society, most people like everything to be fast. They, they want, you know, like the, the pill to just uh, take this and uh, I'm not longer stressed. I'm okay. It's like, well, this doesn't work like this. It's the same with these practices. Breath work, for example, especially the really high intensity ones that, you know, like if, and I assume that you're talking about this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more like the yeah, tropic. Yeah. So that can bring us to connect with those parts that have been actually processed. And that can actually be really scary. And if you don't have the tools and you don't have the support to actually process that when that is coming up, that can actually be worse than keeping that where it was. So, you know, a, a lot of these tools that we have, we need to be 
really responsible in the way that we share them, that we use them, and that we explore them. Because as I say, we have so much that is there and that hasn't been processed, whether it is from this lifetime, from past lifetimes, if we believe that, from our ancestors. We have so much that it's not easy when all of that comes to the surface. So we need to understand, yes, amazing tools. Yes, super important. And also, we need to be careful. We need to understand where we are and how to do things in a way that is conducive to ourselves and our overall well-being. Yeah, I mean, you know, do you know who Wim Hoffa is? He's one of these. Yeah. yeah so he's one of these breathwork guys and that he put, you know, I don't know if he's, I guess he's pretty aware of what's going on in his body with the breathwork and what's going on because, you know, he's one of those guys that can swim underwater for, I don't know, so many miles or feet or whatever. He's breaking records with it and he's getting his body in a completely, I guess, a different state, correct? I mean, is that kind of what you're saying? Is that you got to be careful with what you're doing? Well, you know, he, and this is the thing, if someone actually looks into what he's sharing and his background, he did a lot of work to get to where he's now. Okay. He he practiced some of the Tibetan Buddhist practices of Tumo, which is this fire breath and, and this breath that controls your body temperature and that controls a lot of your um your response in, in your cells. So he did all of that. He actually went and he learned and he experienced it. Okay. And he's of course sharing it. Sure. And this is the thing, when someone is then trying this at home and they are not doing everything that he did, it might be awesome. And also stuff might come up to the surface that they are not ready to deal with or they don't know how to deal with. So the same with Kundalini Yoga, you know, like you're awakening certain energies. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Um, if you're not ready for what that will bring, that openness will bring, you might actually be doing something that might take you to the psych world. So you need to actually be aware as well of the potential of something opening. Like I was talking uh, a few months ago with my mom and she was like, 
after we were having a conversation and we were talking you know like about the quantum realm and about all of these different energies and things like that and my mom said if someone hears us they think that we're crazy <laughs> you know <laughs> We're talking about these angels and these energy beings, and it's like, well, not everybody's ready for everything. So we need to understand as well where we are. And me as a facilitator and someone that, you know, like I've been doing my own work for many years. Yeah. There's a responsibility that I have from when I'm sharing something to make sure that it's it's safe, that what I'm sharing it cannot take someone by themselves to a place that they don't know how to get out from. So I had somebody on the podcast, you know, a few, I don't know, a few weeks ago, whenever it was, but she was actually a Kundalini yoga teacher and was talking about, you know, the breath work and the pros and the cons of it all and all that good stuff. But, you know, one thing that I had heard of with, and you were talking about, this is what sparked the question, I guess, is, you know, somebody could end up in the psych ward, but, you know, I didn't really know anything about Kundalini yoga until after speaking with her and I had a very, very vague definition of it. And, and I think it came from a podcast or probably some Google search I did, but they actually explained that, you know, you could almost go get your body or mind into a psychedelic state using uh, Kundalini yoga. I mean, have you heard that before? And she, she didn't seem to think that that was not part of it, but it was almost, you know, yeah, using like a psychedelic state and putting your mind into that thing and unlocking certain possibilities. And I don't know if that's what you meant by psych word or whatever, but I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, you know, there's psychedelics and and I want to say I haven't done them. So I don't know the actual experience. I know what I what I've heard, what I've read, and 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 because I'm in, in that space, I actually have heard from a lot of people. And a lot of those things are experiences that i have had in my own practice okay without taking anything sure and can i be 100 sure no but what this thing is is that whether there is kundalini yoga breath work meditation or psychedelics we are awakening certain parts of our self or of our being that can be an opening and that opening can be what sometimes with psychedelics are altered levels of consciousness or just, you know, it's a different perspective. And not everyone is ready to actually integrate that. Okay. If you start seeing the matrix now, like if you literally start to see as you look around, as you see everything, you start seeing like Neo was looking at everything, yeah. you might think that you're crazy. And everybody else will think that you're crazy. Sure. So th this is the thing is that these experiences, like doing a Kundalini yoga class might not get you there, but it has the potential to get you there. And how we get to that awakening place, if we are not ready for it, it can be really challenging. If we are ready for it, amazing. You know, like someone going and, and doing... Yeah, uh, a ceremony with ayahuasca, for example. Yeah, which I would always say, go and do it with a shaman, someone that actually knows what they are doing, safe environment. There's trust, there's understanding, not just like a one thing. Uh, oh, there's someone you know with ayahuasca, go in and take it. Why that? Because that shaman actually understands how to deal with the energies and with the consciousness that is expanding. 
and that's going to keep you safe. When we don't have that, then it can actually take us to places of fear of, you know, like a lot of things. That's what I meant by going to the psych ward. Okay. So we, we have the potential of it, in a sense, awakening us and being in, in what we in this reality would say, yeah, amazing. Like, oh, like, you know, like I can, I can see the aura of the plants. I can see all of this, which I mean, we can do that without psychedelics, but we can awaken and our life can be amazing and super beautiful. And also we can, you know, have that awakening and opening and it being super scary because it's so different. So as, as we experience things, we can, you know, experience it one way or another or many other ways, but those are the main two that I would say could happen. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but have you had an ayahuasca experience? No, I haven't, I haven't done any, like, any, like, medicine that has been altering as ayahuasca or any of those things. Have you? No, I've never have. And, you know, I've never done anything, you know, as far as psychedelics, you know, really hard drugs, anything like that. I've always just, you know, growing up and everything, you know, you're told, no, you'd be a loser if you're doing drugs and stuff. So I was always one of those guys that stayed away. You know, and I never had the urge to do them either. You know, I was never, but, you know, but I guess, you know, where I've been doing these podcasts, I've been reading more and I've been, you know, listening to people who've had these experiences, you know, with, you know, if you want to say psilocybin or ayahuasca or whatever, but, you know, they've unlocked, you know, I don't want to say different consciousnesses, but something along those lines, you know, and it's actually purged, you know, like one guy was talking about his ayahuasca experience and talking about how, you know, he saw another being and it came to him to kind of, bring his trauma up out of his life and just kind of confront it. And like, you know, he felt better for it at the end of it all, even though, you know, and I think he did it with a shaman here in the United States and that, you know, obviously I think it's illegal here in the U S obviously, but you know, he was found a back way of doing it, but yeah, there's, you know, everyone looks down at it like you should never do it. It's really bad or whatever. But I think it's one of those things that if you, like you said, if you have somebody there with you and you can confront your, your past and your trauma and your troubles, you end up feeling better about yourself. And that I'm just wondering if, you know, if that was your experience and that's what most people do kind of experience is that if you learn to control it, learn to face your stuff head on is that you come out feeling better, I guess is what it Well, I think I a couple of things. One is that plant medicine, it's not the same as other drugs. Um, so, you know, like doing something like uh, ayahuasca, it's not the same as, like doing any other drugs that doesn't have the same consciousness altering experience Mm -hmm. now the thing with that of course is that why is someone doing ayahuasca you know like is it because it's cool it's different you know what's the the reason behind i have never actually felt as you were saying felt the need to do it i actually got to have a lot of this type of experiences just through my practice and it didn't need any external um, medicine like ayahuasca for me to reach to those places because we have that capacity. What ayahuasca is doing, as you were saying, it's unlocking certain aspects of ourselves, which we can do without that. Now, the thing is that most of us, if we haven't developed any practices or have tools to get to that place then yes we might need that 
Now, the thing with that is that as the same, it can come as a shock to the system because it's suddenly like you have perhaps never done any practices, any meditation or anything. And suddenly you go and it's like, oh, like ayahuasca. And then this trauma comes up or whatever it is that you, whatever you journey or whatever you see. And then it's like, oh, now I need to integrate this. How do I integrate this? This is why it's so important to do it with someone that knows what they are doing. Now, there's people that had never done anything. They went and did it and it was amazing. Yes. So, um, you know, like for me, it's not a do it or don't, don't do it. It's understand why would you do it and understand as well that it can go this way, but it can also go another way. So as long as someone goes into a decision like that and practice like that with understanding and inform, then, you know, like, cool, like everybody, you can choose whatever you want. So if you want to go and do that, go and do it. And a lot of times it's actually for a lot of people, the first step into changing their life. So I sometimes equate it to hitting rock bottom. Yeah. That people a lot of times don't change until they hit rock bottom. I am always trying to get people to understand there's no need to hit rock bottom, like prevent that. You can change your life before that. You can stay well, you can stay open, you can stay, you know, in a beautiful space and not having to hit rock bottom. And there's a lot of questions then there. It's like, well, is that perhaps what someone, if they believe in fate or destiny, was that something that was meant to happen? Or are we supposed to experience that rock bottom so that we can change? You know, it's like, well, everybody do what feels right. My own way of seeing is that I don't need to hit rock bottom. I can just be well. So why would I choose to hit rock bottom if I can make the changes necessary now? So I'm going back a little bit, you know, still talking about ayahuasca. I think what draws my curiosity to it is that we're people who have done, you know, psychedelics, curiosity, or not curious, uh, ayahuasca, you know, psychedelics, DMT, even DMT. And they're talking, you know, like you were saying, talking with your mom about the quantum realm and stuff, you know, they were wondering, is there another dimension out there? You know, where they were seeing, you know, different beings and the stuff that was probably not from, you know, if you want to say the earth and that was kind of was, you know, like, well, maybe there is, you know, and like, but what would my experience be like? But no, I, I agree that, um, I mean, well, yeah. So that's just one of the reasons I don't, I don't know. I'm still a little scared of it, but I'm also kind of, just want to know more information about it, I guess before, but anyway, we don't have to go down that road anymore, but as most of your clients, do you find are hitting rock bottom and found themselves, you know, that's, Hey, I want to change. I want to start living more consciously and rather than just going through the motion, is that what you're seeing with your clients or is this, is it kind of all areas? Uh, some, some have a lot of them actually resonate with what I'm saying is don't wait until you hit rock bottom. They are unhappy. They are stressed. They are perhaps depressed. Um, and they, they want to, to make a change. Uh, whether that is, you know, like changing the external or not, it doesn't matter. They want to make a change so that they are not in that state anymore. Yeah. Um, and that is what I usually work with them is being able to understand, you know, like what's behind their experience and how to actually change that. And one of the things, you know, like I've had clients that through 
through our work together, they changed careers, others that changed where they were living, others that the external didn't change, but their state is what changed. So even though they were super unhappy at work and they were unhappy in their situations and they were really stressed, once we were able to understand how to change their response to their circumstances, they realized that it wasn't the circumstance, it was their response. So they actually stayed where they were. And this is the interesting thing a lot of times in terms of, you know, like when when we are unhappy or when we are stressed, a lot of times we need to understand that even though we might change our job, our relationships, our careers, we're going to take that same state to what's coming next. So a lot of times, you know, someone thinks, I'm just going to change my work because I'm unhappy here. And then they go to an accident and say, I'm still unhappy. And say, well, there's something that is behind that. And sometimes it is. It's just removing yourself from a certain environment actually is going to be supportive to you creating the change. Because a lot of times, a lot of people are in really toxic environments. Mm-hmm. So this is this is why everything is so unique. And all of this needs to, you know, needs to be done with an understanding on who the person is, and with their energy and their responses or their reactions and their circumstances. Like when, when I'm working with people, it's, it's completely, you know, like tailored to them. I don't care about, yes, for me, this tool of meditation work, doing mantras work, for doing, you know, yoga worked, but for that person, perhaps that doesn't work. So it's about finding what it is there. And, you know, like people will resonate with different things. And I think that for the majority of people that they come to me, they come before they hit the wrong button. I got you. So, I mean, when you're, you know, wanting or telling people, you know, recommending their change, do you have them do it solely in small increments? You know, for example, if someone came to me who's never really, never walked five miles in their life and they said, hey, I want to, you know, get in shape. I want to be able to at least walk five miles. I wouldn't just say, well, go walk five miles tomorrow. You know, I'd say, well, hey, maybe practice walking a lap around your neighborhood, come back. And then, you know, the next week do two laps, next week, three laps, you know, instead of throw out a whole bunch of change, right them at first and you're setting them up for, you know, not for failure, basically not success. So uh, those small little increments and change can actually lead. It's like a ripple effect. Hey, if you keep doing the path and staying on this right way, you'll eventually get to, you know, your ultimate goal or whatever it is that you're out there looking for. But uh, is that kind of what you recommend in your practice, that small increments like that? In, in general, yes. With some people, actually, that wasn't the case. With oh. some people, they were ready to make huge changes. Uh, and we did that. They were like, you know, they were ready. They, they just had to, to make a, a jump and they needed to trust that. Um, for the majority of people, yes. Anytime that we want to make any change is slowly, incrementally because that is how we start to build up the new I patterns. Agree. I agree. So, you know, like, but, but there's some people that is like, you know, like with some things like, let's, you know, like, let's do this because they are already there. If it wasn't because they were there, then that wasn't the case. I, it's been on like a few people that we actually did a lot very fast, gotcha. but 
it didn't seem that fast. It didn't seem that much. <laughs> Just looking at it from outside, it's like, oh, actually, you know, like in almost no time we did all of this change. And it's like, wow. <laughs> but but for the majority of people, it's now like let's let's start, let's let's work, let's see what's there, let's see what's behind everything, let's and let's focus on, on like my work at least it's really holistic. So yes, looking at their mind, looking at their body, their energy, like all of the blockages and unprocessed feelings, their trauma, and understanding their relationship to themselves, the relationship to their family or partner or kids, whatever their circumstances are, relationship to work, you know, like their mindset and their beliefs. There's so much to see there that a lot of times it requires slow and steady progress. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen. There's a lot of undoing that needs to happen. There's a lot of integrating that needs to happen. And then there's the openness. So with some people, this might be, you know, like a, a few weeks. For some people, it's a few months. For some people, it's a few years. We are all different. Yeah. And, and we just need to understand what works for us. And what works for me is not going to work for you, perhaps. So realizing that, I think that it's really important. One of the reasons why I don't have like, an, a, like a set program when I work with people individually, because that might not be the way that they work. Yeah. I mean, I agree hundred percent just because, you know, when I'm wanting to incorporate new things in my life or try to change something or help somebody else change, you know, something in their life, you know, based on fitness or whatever they're doing, but you know, what worked for me or person A or person B may not work for person C. So with me personally, I mean, it's through a lot of trial and error for me is finding out, Oh, that worked. Oh, I like that. Oh, you know, I can definitely incorporate that into my daily life. And, you know, and, you know, and plus, you know, I either liked it or I hated it, but other people just say, oh, well, you know, Brian did it this way. I don't understand why I can't do it that way. And then they, you know, kind of what we were saying earlier, they get to a certain point and it's just, they just give up just because they reach a, you know, a hard point in their life and they don't want to work their way around it. And, and you know, that's what everybody wants is, you know, like talking about the matrix. They want the, the red or blue, whichever one it was, red or blue pill, and just make everything happen right there that day. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of discipline and it's a lot of, you know, just getting your ass up off the ground and saying, Hey, I want to make change. And this is, and you and like you, you're giving them help. You're giving them a guide. You can show them the door all day long, but it's just a matter of that person actually accepting and saying, okay, it's going to be a tough road, but yeah, if I keep well, on this road, I'll be good. Sometimes because that's the other thing for some people, it might not be a tough road. It might not be a really slow one for some people. It might be a really fast one and easy oh. one. Okay. So that's also, you know, like a belief that we might have as well. And it's like, oh, to make these changes, it needs to be slow and steady and it's like and, and hard. And it's like, well, who said that? You know, like a lot of times, I I, I had the other time uh, a new uh, new class at university, and I like we were talking about certain things in terms of their stress, and and I said to all of the students. Do you believe that like life is hard? And I already said yes. And it's like, well, what if life is easy? You know, yeah. who said that life needs to be hard? Just because someone told you about that, or that's our be collective belief, then we believe it. But life could be easy. Why not? You now, if it can be hard, why why not easy? And this is part of the the questioning as well. And and you know, like 
and understanding that everybody's unique. And for some people, it's like, oh, you know, like running like a, a marathon from doing nothing. It might be super easy. And another one is like, I need to prepare for one entire year just yeah. to get to that place. And there's no right or wrong. It's just we are different. And one of the problems that we have is comparison. We live in competition to others and comparing ourselves to others and wanting to be others more than understanding we are unique. We live in cooperation and co-creation. And it's not about comparing. It might be about understanding inspiration from others, about understanding like, oh, I see something there that I want in myself. And the thing with that is that, you know, uh, we were talking uh, just before about, you know, doing something steadily. One of the biggest challenges with that is when someone is trying to make a change and create a new habit, do you say like, oh, this is really hard, day one. Oh, day two, this is really hard, day, day five, day 20, day 60, still really hard. You might be at the cusp of it becoming easy or this might have been a completely wrong type of exercise <laughs> for me. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like, how do I know? And the, the more that we explore ourselves, the easier that it is to actually identify that. Because the more that I can actually connect with my, my feelings and my inner voice and my inner knowing, the easier it is for me to be like, yeah, this is not about just, you know, like actually creating this new habit and it's going to happen. This is a completely wrong discipline for me. So I'm not even going to go there. And before we get to that place, we need to have a lot of understanding. So it's not easy, but, you know, like getting, getting back to what I was saying, when we understand our place and when we understand we're, that we're all unique and that we're not competing with anybody else, we can take so much from someone else. We can take inspiration. We can take their energy. We can take their qualities. This is one of the things that I usually say, you know, like I have just behind me a statue of Buddha, for example. And, and someone once said like, oh, you're praying to Buddha, like, you know, as a, as a God. And I'm like, no, like Buddha had these qualities of love and kindness and compassion, just like Jesus. I want to awaken that in me. He's a reminder for me to awaken these qualities in me. So when I understand that he's not separate, he's not better, like no one else is better than me because no one is me. So no one can be better than me. And the thing with that is understanding all that I have to do is being me. All that you have to do is to be you. Mm -hmm. And when we all understand that, then we are actually understanding our place in this universe that we are all needed. Like if you're listening to this, you are needed and you're needed in the way that you are not being me or not being Chris or not being anybody else. You are supposed to be you because the universe doesn't work without you. So when we understand that, it starts to change our perspective because most people feel like they are inadequate, feel like they are not enough and feel like they are alone and they want to compare to others. And yes, we have another reality here as well. And it's like, oh, someone is, you know, like really successful at work or with money or since with relationships. Well, like, you know, like we don't know them. We don't know everything that they've been through. And 
like let's applaud if they have that and let's try to awaken that in ourselves instead of judging someone else or comparing ourselves with them yeah ron that was very beautiful you said one of my favorite quotes is uh comparison is a thief of joy and that a lot of people you know they don't know they don't realize that you know a lot of people just have to always i feel like want to compare themselves and then they you know develop issues or whatever just because they're not at a certain point in their lives where you know you know where whoever is you know and i don't know with seems what you know a lot of problems arise just for comparing ourselves and it seems like that's kind of what modern society is you know teaches people that or even you know education or whatever you want to say that just because you haven't reached a certain point in your life or you're not this successful or you know you're not successful or you're not whatever and that you're just trash and you should yeah i guess that's my whole point that you should never compare mm-hmm. yourself that you're in competition with yourself and just because you know, it took, you know, one person a short amount of time to get to where they are than you doesn't mean that should not deter you by any means. So, but Ron, mm-hmm. I want to be respectful of your time. So I know we're getting kind of close, uh, on here. So, um, if people want to, if you want to plug in where people can find you and all that good stuff, um, cool. where do they do that at and all that? If Beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Chris, for that. Uh, if people want to connect with me, they can find my name, Brian Berneman. That is either on my website, brianberneman.com, or Instagram, Facebook, or mostly I'm, especially on social media, I'm a little bit more on my business account that is Conscious Action, and that is Conscious Action NZ as New Zealand. Um, and that's that's where they can find me. Just Google my name. That's there. You can listen as well to my podcast, the Conscious Action Podcast, where we have as well a lot of conversations like this, trying to inspire people and give them tools. And and everything that I'm doing is to be able to to help people to awaken and to reconnect to themselves. Whether that is you know like online courses or through the podcast or working one on one. You know, like all of that is is what I love doing. So as long as someone resonates with something that we've been talking about and wants to explore more, whether that is with me or not, go and do that. Yeah, I love that. That's one thing that, you know, I've said on here. And, you know, even if a thousand people listen to this and only, you know, 999 people said that, you know, oh, that was garbage. I didn't like it at all. But one person actually got something out of it. I was like, okay, that was great. That still means something to me. But anyway, um, anything else you want to say before we uh, call this, uh, we take this one home? Yeah. Uh, well, first, thank you for having me here. And like for everyone listening, I think one of the most important things that, that I usually say is do the practice, like take action. It's not just about the knowledge. It's not just about watching videos or listening to podcasts. It's about actually incorporating things in your life. And and starting to look a little bit more at your own well-being with importance, because you are the most important person in the world. And if you put yourself as the number one, then you can actually show up better for others. But looking at yourself with that importance, I think that's really, really, really important. Ron, thanks for being here, dude. That was great. Thank you, Chris. Bye, everybody.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 